Some of you men out there are probably asking yourself, how can I be a good male feminist? Some of you men are probably asking yourself, how can I find a woman who will stick a lit cigarette into my private parts while whipping me with barbed wire? There's just no accounting for people's tastes. But for those of you men who want to be better feminists for some reason, here are a couple of handy tips. If you want to be a good male feminist, remember, always listen to women when they're blaming you for something. This will save you from ever having to do anything else but listen to women blaming you for something. If you want to be a good male feminist, never accuse women of being irrational and hysterical, but instead just stand quietly while they scream nonsense at you and then do whatever they tell you. If you want to be a good male feminist, never tell a woman she shouldn't get drunk with a bunch of men at a college party. That's blaming the victim for the gang rape that's going to occur while she's blacked out. If you want to be a good male feminist, always encourage a woman to lean into her professional ambitions until you make absolutely sure she's miserable and has wasted her best years doing something she secretly doesn't care about and hates you for it. If you want to be a good male feminist, you should be sure to ask a woman for consent to every step of every sexual act until your insistent questioning just drives her completely out of her mind and she's practically begging you to just get on with it so that 30 years later she can accuse you of rape and ruin your life. So, in conclusion, if you want to be a good male feminist, you're an idiot. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, tipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray. All right, we're back after a brutal Clavenless weekend, especially for Jeff Flake, who had his manhood forcibly ripped from him by a pair of women in an elevator and put in a jar where it will be in the Feminist Museum forever. Uh, we'll be talking about a little bit about that. We also have uh, Michael Knowles with us to just talk about the fact that men are taking it on the chin, the hatred for men that is just flaring up. Listen, I, you know, I always hate to plug myself, but if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend about it and also subscribe to The Andrew Clavin Show on iTunes. That really helps us. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. And that also really helps us in the ratings and makes me personally happy. All right. It's October. And you know that means an important holiday is coming up. Uh, it's No More Shade Day is coming up uh, October 9th. Not many people know about this. We're trying to educate people about the fact that Che Guevara was a mass murderer and uh, you know a fascist and a killer and a coward and all kinds of wonderful things. So I know a lot of you out there have been cherishing your Che Guevara t-shirt, but it's just time. It's time to give it up. It's like, you know, it's, it's really like walking around with a Heinrich Himmler t-shirt. But while I was, you know, looking at some of the, uh, you know, I was putting up the No More Shade Day tree, singing some No More Shade Day uh, carols. Uh, but while I was doing that, I found this quote from Che Guevara, which I'd never heard before, which really speaks into this present moment with Brett Kavanaugh. Che Guevara said, youth should learn to think and act as a mass. It is criminal to think as individuals. It is criminal to think as individuals. And I was thinking, what is it about the left? Why do they love mobs? Why do they love turning us into thoughtless, unthinking mobs? And mobs have certain, you know, they've, they've, revolutionaries have loved this from, you know, the French Revolution at least, but they, they're always dependent on mobs to follow their charismatic leaders and their angry grievances and whatever it is they get the way they bind you together to get what they want. The left has always done this. Tyrants have always done it. And of course, the reason is in part that when you are in a mob, 
your identity gets diffused into the mob. And this is what psychologists say, that you're no longer yourself. You are now this group. Your conscience gets diffused. You no longer blame yourself for the things that you're doing. It's everybody. Everybody was doing it. We were all lynching him. You know, every, everybody was doing it. So it wasn't you. And you got, it kind of takes the moral weight of your actions off your shoulder. And that means you can be organized into a group of, uh, you know, us versus them. You can be in a kind of the moral panic will sweep you along. And, and so wherever... And, and what is it the left is trying to overcome? Why, why do they need a mob to overrun things? Well, what they need is American traditions, American jurisprudence. They need a mob to overrun our sense that a man is innocent until proven guilty, that we shouldn't, uh, that a person who is accused of something has a right to find evidence against him, not evidence that things happen, that these things occur. It doesn't matter if uh, other people have been raped. That doesn't mean the man being accused is a rapist. So wherever there is an injustice, whether it's real or imagined, they want to organize us into a mob. So if a cop shoots a guy in Chicago and the guy is black and the cop is white, they want to organize us into black and white. It's the blacks, oh my gosh, cops, white cops are killing blacks. Now, again and again, again and again, studies even by leftist organizations have shown that cops are not killing black people. They're not killing black people out of, uh, you know, out of order. It's, they're just not, it's not happening. They've shown it again and again. And yet, if you can convince people that that is going on, you can turn them into a mob, and that is the way that you overcome the breaks that American society has built on, on mob passions. I mean, this was the great fear of our founders. The mob was the great fear of our founders. They wanted the people to have power, but they knew the people could be easily organized into a mob, and so they were afraid of that. And that's why they have all these systems for breaking power, for putting some power over here and some power over there to oppose it, and for everybody to be fighting with each other so that nobody gets carried away into this one thing, and the left is trying to overcome that. So, Brett Kavanaugh, they've got the votes on the committee. Jeff Flake, Jeff, I, I have the feeling Jeff Flake is just not a very bright man. You know, that is really what I feel, and I feel that that the Donald Trump of it all kind of undercut his vision of the world, and he hasn't got another vision to put there, so he doesn't know what he thinks anymore. There are people telling the Daily Wire behind the scenes this guy has lost his mind, but he's clearly not a very brave person. So he says that he is going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh, and so they've got the votes that they need. Grassley has the votes they need to confirm. Then at the last minute, he gets on an elevator, and these two women attack him, and starts screaming at him. And he says, oh no. And he says, this, not, this is not why. This is not why. He says, I, oh no, that didn't affect me. But they start screaming in his face. And we'll get back to the screaming because it's, those two women were not just ordinary women who walked in off the street. These were, these, they meant to do this. They were paid operatives doing this. But Flake just collapsed and he said, all right, well, you know, the, the Democrats have been trying to do everything they can to delay the vote just because they want to get to the midterms. They hope they can take back the Senate. They hope they can keep Trump from having any more Supreme Court picks or anything. If they get the Senate, they'll stop him from doing anything. So he caves in. He says, all right, we've got to have an FBI investigation. Now, this FBI investigation is nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. The, the most telling clue that this FBI investigation doesn't mean anything was an article, an op-ed written by your old friend, James Comey, in the New York Times, a former newspaper, former head of the FBI, in a former newspaper, writing a, an op-ed that says the FBI can do this. And he starts out with this long, self-serving paragraph about how impartial he is. 
People kept calling him partial. People kept saying that he was for the Democrats and not for the Republicans. The rest of the op-ed is an attack on the Republicans. He says, we live in a world where the president routinely attacks the FBI because he fears its work. He calls for his enemies to be prosecuted and his friends freed. We live in a world where the president is an accused serial abuser of women who is caught on tape bragging about his ability to assault women. That, by the way, is not true. He was caught on tape saying that women would allow you to do things if you were a celebrity. That is not assault. That is women allowing. That's why I, I think that's why women got so angry at him. Most disturbingly, we live in a world where millions of Republicans and their representatives think everything I just said is okay. So he hates the Republicans. He says the FBI is up for this. It's not as hard as Republicans hope it will be. Republicans hope they can't find the truth. So he's already telling you what he thinks. He's already telling you what he thinks the FBI is going to find. This is a shameful, disgraceful thing for a former FBI. Trump was so right to fire this guy. He should have fired him and then kicked him. You know, like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Should have kicked him in the backside as he was leaving. He says, listen to this. This is James Comey. This guy led the FBI. FBI agents know time has very little to do with memory. They, they know every married person remembers the weather on their wedding day, no matter how long ago. Significance drives memory. They also know that little lies point to bigger lies. All of that is untrue. All of that is untrue. People, you know, they do this to guys in court all the time. He says, I, guy says, I saw a murder. Uh, I saw this, I saw Mr. X murder Mr. Y. And they say, did you lie on your resume in 1982? The guy says, yeah, I was, needed a job. See, well, if you lied then, you would lie now. So everything he says is wrong. It, it is not true. It is not true that, mem- that time doesn't affect memory. Time does all kinds of crazy things with memory. Ten minutes can affect your memory and make you think you saw something that you didn't see. He really turned out to be an intellectual thug, this guy. He's a guy who just uses his pretense of uh, honor and dignity to, uh, to bully other people. Meanwhile, Rachel Mitchell... The prosecutor that the Republicans brought in to question uh, Christine Blasey Ford, she gave a report to the Republicans. Now, they brought her in to get the truth. They didn't bring her in. She didn't say this in public. They brought her in to get at the truth. And she said of, of Christine Blasey Ford, he said, she said, remember, this is a woman trained in prosecuting the, these sexual cases. He said, she said case is incredibly difficult to prove, but this case is even even weaker than that. Dr. Ford identified other witnesses to the event, and those witnesses either refuted her allegations or failed to corroborate them. For the reasons discussed below, I do not think that a reasonable prosecutor would bring this case based on the evidence before the committee, nor do I believe that this evidence is sufficient to satisfy the preponderance of the evidence standard, which means you don't even have to prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You just have to bring in a lot of evidence. Doesn't matter. Jeff Flake caves. Listen to Jeff Flake and listen to what the women say as Jeff Flake gets into the elevator and these women accost him. Listen to what they say. That's what you're telling all of these women. That's what you're telling me right now. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my assault doesn't matter. That what happened to me doesn't matter. And that you're going to let people who do these things into power. That's what you're telling me when you vote for him. Don't look away from me. Look at me and tell me that it doesn't matter what happened to me. That you'll let people like that go into the highest court of the land and tell everyone what they can do to their body. So what is what does Jeff Brett Kavanaugh have to do with this woman? Why is Jeff Flake telling this woman anything about herself? She is saying, I was assaulted, and therefore, if you let somebody else who's been accused of assault, and apparently according to this prosecutor, not very credibly, 
who's been accused of assault, you're saying something about me. And this is the left wing line. Now, just so you know, that was Anna Maria Arquila and Maggie Gallagher, the two women. And according to John Fund, who's an excellent reporter, reliable reporter, Arquila is an executive director of the Center for Popular Democracy. She had spent the previous week in Washington engaged in protests against Kavanaugh. She's, uh, Gallagher is a 23-year-old activist with the group. The Center is a left wing group that is heavily funded by, guess who? George Soros. So these are Soros operatives doing what Soros wants them to do. And I mean, I think that that's important to know. It's a tactic. And what's the tactic? The tactic is to make Brett Kavanaugh the symbol of all rapists, not an individual accused of a certain crime. Hey, you know, I was talking to the people at Misen, and they make these wonderful, this wonderful kitchen cookware. They sent me a couple of knives. These things are so good. And what they were saying to me is any, just like any other job, having the right tools can make all the difference in cooking just like with any other job. Now, I am a fix-it guy. I can fix almost anything. And I really, really believe in tools. I mean, tools are just so important. These knives are incredible. I am not a good cook, but the one thing I can make is I can make omelets. And I go home from the show almost every day and make myself an omelet. I got to cut up all this stuff. And I've been using these mise knives, and they're just incredible. They have one knife that does it all. A giant knife sets can be a waste of space in your kitchen and money in your wallet. But the mise knife can replace 99% of what all knives in your big stand set can do. You can replace all old dull knives in your kitchen, save space. It's a better knife. And with a better knife, you get better cooking. The New York Times calls it the holy grail of knives. I've tried this knife. I don't know how I ever did anything. I'm really, really is so much better than the other knives I've got. Cooking is faster and actually more fun. And now you can also join in on the fun in the kitchen. My listeners will receive 20% off their order simply by going to misen.com slash Andrew. Use my code Andrew at M-I-S-E-N dot C-O slash Andrew. I'm sorry, it's not .com. It's dash, it's Misen.co slash Andrew. M-I-S-E-N dot C-O slash Andrew. Misen dot C-O slash Andrew. And don't forget to use that code. So the whole point here is to make Brett Kavanaugh a symbol of all rapists instead of the person that he is. And, and she went on TV, this woman, Anna, Anna Maria, uh, who confronted him. She went on TV, Anna Maria Aquila, she went on TV, and this is what she said. We have a culture that fundamentally doubts women in every respect. Our ability to lead, um, our ability to, uh, be to exercise power, our ability to control our bodies. Brett Kavanaugh represents that. He represents a culture that fundamentally does not believe that women are equal. And that's why he's so dangerous. And he has expressed that in his actions as a young boy, actions that he's unwilling to take responsibility for. Um, and he has expressed that in his politics. I think he's dangerous to the country, not just because he is accused uh, of with very credible allegations of having violated several women, uh, but he uh, is also dangerous because the work of justice is about recognizing when harm happens, taking responsibility for that harm, and beginning to repair it. If he's not able to do that in his own life, he should not be sitting in the highest court of the land. So now Kavanaugh represents the entire culture. Now compare that to what Kellyanne Conway said to Jake Tapper as they're covering this because she said she was a victim of sexual assault. But listen to her conclusion. I feel very empathetic, frankly, for victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment and rape. That <clears throat> I'm a victim of sexual assault. I don't expect Judge Kavanaugh or Jake Tapper or Jeff Flake or, or anybody to be held responsible for that. You have to be responsible for your own conduct. 
I, this is not Bill Cosby. Those, those comparisons on your network are a disgrace and the anchor should have called them out. This is not even Bill Clinton. You have, you have Senate Judiciary Committee members who refused to remove Bill Clinton from office after he received oral sex in the Oval Office mm-hmm. and lied about it to a grand jury as president of the United States. The, the hypocrisy is ridiculous. And if not one Senate Judiciary Committee member changes his or her vote, because of what they learned from the FBI investigation. That tells you all you need to know about what the president and Judge Kavanaugh has has said is a sham. Let's just be honest what this is about. It's raw partisan politics. All women can't, you know, I want those women who, who, who So everyone covered the fact that she was sexually assaulted. She hadn't told that before. But the real story there was she said, I'm an individual and an individual attacked me. That individual is responsible. We are all responsible for our own actions. That was what Shea Guevara doesn't want you to know. That's what the left doesn't want you to believe. You know, I, what I really think we need here is I think we need a little history. We need a little history. So just to make, just to make, put this in context, context and make us understand who's talking to us. And I'll tell you why I'm so suspicious of the left, why I find it hard to take them seriously. One of the great moments in the hearings was Lindsey Graham going off on his fellow senators. This is Lindsey Graham being Spart- actual Spartacus. Spartacus would have been proud to be Lindsey Graham. Spartacus would have stood up and said, I'm, I'm Lindsey Graham. Here's Lindsey Graham. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job. You consider that you've been through a job interview. I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Would you say you've been through hell? I've been through uh, hell and then some. Okay, so now, by the way, all now what they say was, oh, we accuse you of rape and then you get angry. You look angry. You look angry. So now Lindsey Graham goes on George Stephanopoulos and listen to this exchange. It appears that the FBI will not be invested, will not be questioning those college witnesses who contradict Brett Kavanaugh's testimony about his drinking. Now, isn't that relevant given that there clearly was drinking going on, at least it's alleged Uh, at the party? No, I think uh, you're trying to portray him as a stumbling, bumbling, drunk gang rapist who during high school and college was Bill Cosby. Six FBI background checks over the years uh, would have uh, uncovered this. Okay, now I want you to remember who George Stephanopoulos is, and I'm going to get to the point of this. Here is George Stephanopoulos from a documentary called The War Room. The War Room was built by Hillary Clinton to defend Bill Clinton from the accusations of women, credible accusations that he had assaulted, exposed himself to, and even raped. Here is George Stephanopoulos in 1992 bullying a reporter to kill a story about an affair that Bill Clinton was having during the elections. I guarantee you that if you do this, you'll never work in democratic politics again. 
Maybe you don't want to. I'm not saying it matters. You will be embarrassed for the National Press Corps. People will think, nobody will believe you. And people will think you're scummy. That the alternative is, you don't do it. It causes you some temporary pain with people who tomorrow aren't going to matter. And you have a campaign that understands that in a difficult time, you did something right. Um, and, you know, that's important. I mean, it doesn't mean anything or we can't do anything for you specifically or anything like that. But you, uh, you know that you did the right thing and that you didn't um, uh, dishonor yourself. George Stephanopoulos working for Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, who went on Matt Lauer's show to say that the women should be investigated. Matt Lauer, who is now accused of assaulting so many women, one of whom he turned over a chair and was in the middle of taking her when she fainted and needed medical attention. That's who's reporting on these stories. That's who's uh, putting together. And and, and that that's just ABC and, and uh and NBC at CBS, we had Charlie Rose doing the same thing. Can we not be a little suspicious? Can we not be a little suspicious of the way this narrative is unfolding? We're being told from MRC that only 4% of their time is spent giving uh, Kavanaugh's side of the story. Only 4%. And can't we be a little bit suspicious? These are the people who buried Teddy Kennedy, telling us what a wonderful, the heavens were weeping for Teddy Kennedy today, said Andrea Mitchell. The uh, If he had lived... If she had lived, Mary Jo Kopechny, who he left to drown, would uh, would have been given a lot of comfort in her old age from the laws passed by Teddy Kennedy. Can we not be a little suspicious of the narrative these people are sending are selling us? These are the abusers. These are the abusers trying to tell us that we're the bad guys. It's utterly ridiculous. All right. You know, Ann Coulter has a, a great the thing I like about Ann Coulter is that she's such a blushing reticent flower. You know, she never comes out and actually says what she means. She's so, she's so delicate. And no, I'm kidding. She's just, she is just, will unleash on anybody. When I first heard about Ann Coulter, I remember thinking that in the old days, you know, if, if you went to the movies and you saw a smart talking, tough, beautiful blonde, right? You would think, oh, that's the hero of the movie. But when when the left meets a smart talking, tough, beautiful blonde in real life, what do they do? They run for the hills. They hate her. They hate her. So she wrote a piece called No More Mr. White Guy, because this is another way. This is another way in which the left is trying to organize us into gangs. They start attacking white people. She begins. I played this on the air last week. She begins by just reciting all the things that people have said. Uh, they know the optics of 11 white men questioning Dr. Ford will be so harmful, says a CNN legal analyst. Uh, they understand they have all these white men who would be questioning this woman, says Gloria Borgers, another CNN analyst. Uh, a, a congressman says women across this nation should be outraged at what these white men are doing. And she goes on and on. And she says, you know, and then Ann says, as the Supreme Court confirmation she, hearing resumes this week for Judge Brett Kavanaugh, it's clear that the Republicans are simply too white to get the job done. I suggest the Republicans sign up some outside help the way baseball teams make late season acquisitions of pitchers and designated hitters for the playoffs. They can get some black men. And then she starts listing all the black men who've been accused and convicted of of hurting women, Reverend Al Sharpton, Bill Cosby, Keith Ellison, whose story, by the way, is he's accused of beating his wife and beating his girlfriend. And they're just like completely burying that story. But she says, what is the thinking behind snickering at white men judging an accusation of sexual assault? That Chuck Grassley is a rapist? 
You can be for rape or against it, she says. I happen to be against it. But the idea that alleged sexual assault survivors need the loving care of black, Indian, and Hispanic men to judge their stories flies in the face of crime statistics from around the globe. In the history of the world, she says, there has never been a more Pacific, less rapey creature than the white male of Western European descent. So she really comes at it. But the thing is, they set the rules. If the left sets the rules that they can be racist, they can attack white people, Anne is right. She can respond in kind. And they are certainly setting the rules of dividing us, certainly male and female. Let us talk about that with one of our nominal males. I think he's a male. This is Michael. Uh, Michael. He, you, you identify as male, don't you? That's I a... identify as, it depends. When I'm on my MSNBC <laughs> show, I identify as a woman. But now I identify as a male. You are a citizen of the sexual universe, I think. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, and also the host of the Michael Knoll show, which uh, you know is for men and women both, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it depends on the day, but that's yeah. right. So, I mean, one of the reasons, I have a PragerU uh, video out today called Who Needs Feminism? And it's an attack on feminism. I'm an anti-feminist. And one of the reasons I hate feminism is because it blames men for things that are just part of nature. And it blames men for the uh, journey of women to the place that they are now, which only happened because of men. Because men invented things, because men had ideas that uh, basically liberated women when the technology was available. And yet they hate us. Is, is, that a, is it fair to say that feminism is selling an anti-male Story. How dare you? I am so offended. It's just like you men, you toxic men. I forgot that you identify as something. <laughs> yeah, I, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't know what time it was. <laughs> it, uh, it is now true to say feminism is anti-male. Not just anti this guy or not just anti that guy, anti-male. And this was always the case. We would always say, oh, feminism, they seem to be so angry and against men and whatever. Um, and they would say, well, that's not true. Fem feminism is this. Feminism is that. They now, it is now common among feminist Twitter and feminist uh, articles to say hashtag men are trash. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, or hashtag hate men. Yeah. These, go, these are very common. It's true at every level. It's true from the activist level. It's true in the media. It's true in academia. It's true in politics. And it's true in the government. You have all of these examples. So uh, I think the most blatant one comes from the media, came out from the Washington Post fairly recently from Susanna Danuta Walters, a professor of sociology and director of women's gender and sexuality studies at Northeastern University. Uh, she had a piece out that asked, why can't we hate men? That was the headline. <laughs> why not? Why not? Yeah. And she, and by the way, just in case you want to blame the editor of that piece and say it was uh, just a titillating headline, she writes in the article, quote, we have every right to hate you. You've done us wrong. Hashtag because patriarchy, it is long past time to play hard for team feminism and to win. It's wow. not just the Washington Post. The New York Times recently hired Sarah Jong yep. uh, to their editorial board. Sarah Jong, I can't read uh, everything that she wrote on Twitter because this is a family program, <laughs> right. but she did say white men are bull. Uh, she said, oh man, it's sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. Wow. Those are some of the more polite things that she's said about men. It goes on and on and on. There was a there was an outcry from reasonable people, mean to say conservatives, uh, to say, are you really going to let this woman on your board? They said, absolutely. And then Twitter, which is now censoring hate speech, gave her a little check mark because she's now a, a big, important person. You know, and whenever you accuse them of this, whenever you actually hold this stuff up, up to them, they always say, well, it's not all feminists. 
it's just this feminist here and that feminist there. But that to me is like a mobster saying, we're not all hitmen. We only we only have one or two hitmen. But, you know, they control everybody. You know, they if you have these people and you don't denounce them, right. you're one of them. You're with them. That's right. And you say it's not all feminists. It's just the public ones. Yeah, just the ones <laughs> it's just the right. visible ones. Yeah. I would even say it's just their leaders, but it's not even just their leaders. It's leaders of feminists in all of these areas. So the one excuse... Uh, there's a magazine, I probably can't even say this on the air, a, a female dog magazine. And uh, they said that, oh, all of these things, hashtag hate all men, hashtag men are trash. It's just performative misandry. But, uh, well, it is certainly being performed. But then you look at people like that Hawaii senator, uh, Maisie Hirono, who says men need to shut up. It's time for them to shut their mouths and do something good for a change. You know, other than creating civilization. Other than that, <laughs> other than forming our politics. I mean, is that, and she, do you think she will pay any price for that with an electorate that I assume is half male? Well, I, yeah, I think her poll numbers will go up because her, her base, I mean, Hawaii is quite far to the left. And so her base are these feminist men and uh, uh, women. And these, you know, there, there were 1,600 men who took out an ad in the New York Times, full page ad, to say that they believe all women and they're the good ones. They're, you know, they're not the bad guys. And, but it goes, it's all over the place. Even the ones who say we're just kidding, uh, Huffington Post had a piece on this, uh, what women mean when we say that men are trash is, uh, to quote, it can actually be directly translated into masculinity is in transition and it's not moving effing fast enough. And this is what they're really talking about. This is where academia is coming in. This is where these uh, Senate, uh, Senator Hirono is coming in. Is they're saying, no, no, it's not, it's not all of masculinity. It's toxic masculinity. Oh, no, toxic masculinity. You've heard that phrase. Toxic. Yes, toxic masculinity. The CDC <laughs> has uh, studied toxic masculinity. And, uh, but what they, what they define it as uh, comes from hegemonic masculinity. This is a gender theory, uh, which is that uh, hegemonic masculinity from R.W. Connell, formerly Robert Connell, he's a transgender guy who's now uh, uh, he's now an academic, and he says that uh, it's the oppressive characteristics of masculinity boys and men must assume and perform to be considered a real man, which like, is to say, like what defending the, the country and right. yeah, putting <laughs> yeah. out fires and things like that, going yeah. out taking care of your family. I don't yeah. know, yeah. Um, and, and so that's what they're getting at. And they and then as a result of all this academia, all of this activism, we're getting these bogus statistics. The CDC is saying that in America, one in five women is raped. Oh, now, come on. If that were the, I mean, yeah. I, parent, they might be studying downtown Fallujah or something. I don't think <laughs> or Chicago, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Chicago. Yeah, yeah. But according to the National Crime Victimization Survey, the, the actual number is an order of magnitude less at the most. So you've got, in a, in a culture where you've got, it, where it's permeated by lies, lies by the media, lies by politicians, lies by academia, uh, you're going to get a culture that says men are trash. The trouble is the reality just doesn't match up. All right, I got to stop you there. I've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube, but come on over to thedailywire.com and while you are there, subscribe for a lousy 10 bucks a month or a lousy 100 bucks will get you a full year plus the Leftist Tears Tumblr. Everybody must have a Leftist Tears Tumblr to collect their Leftist Tears. How else are you going to? You don't want to just drink them out of your hands. So come on over to thedailywire.com and subscribe. So you're saying the reality is just not there. 
the reality is just not there, but it does create a pretty ugly politics when, I mean, this is a, you know, this is a tension that goes back to the ancient Greeks. It's that we're getting a sort of Lysistrata situation. There was, the BBC ran this interview with a, a few mothers and the question was, uh, why has feminism affected the mother-son bond? A mother was interviewed. She said she was furious because she gave her, her little boy gender-neutral toys, you know, dolls to play with or this or that. But he gravitated toward the traditionally male toys, guns and army men and that sort of thing. And she's furious over this. What is she to do? I mean, they've done a million studies about this and kids do this without any training whatsoever. Yeah. Of course they do. And yeah. I got to tell you, your, your Prager video has come out at the right time because last year, feminism was the Merriam-Webster uh, word of the year. This is the end, uh, unsurprisingly so. But I can't imagine that this can go on forever. There's got to be a turning point here because what they're doing is, is they're creating this, uh, this sense of panic based on lies and, and slander. And they're, in this case, obviously, destroying a good man's reputation in Brett Kavanaugh. How long can that persist before people of good faith and reasonable people yeah. and half of, half of the global population, those men, say... Uh, we can, we can no longer tolerate this. This is vicious. This is vile. This is based on lies. You know, it's funny. I had uh, friends who had two boys and they wouldn't let them play with guns. So the boys took a piece of Wonder Bread, bit out the center and made it into a gun and shot each other. Michael Knowles from the Michael Knowles Show. Thanks so much for coming on. A great job. And I will be uh, listening to your show later on. Good to see you, Drew. All right. Uh, you know, one of the things I've noticed about young men, I work uh, around a lot of people who are much younger than I am. And I've noticed that when we talk about women, as which is what men talk about, you know, men talk a lot about women, that we say the same things. We notice that women have the same traits. We can see them with our eyes and experience them in life. But the younger men are angry about it. The younger men are angry about the traits of women, and older men tend to talk about the traits of women with great affection. So if you say that women, for example, women are more emotional than men, that is true. Women are more emotional than men. Most of us older guys kind of find that charming and delightful and, and it kind of softens our lives. To have a woman in our life softens our lives a little bit because it reminds us that emotions do play a part in life and we should pay attention to that. The younger guys feel somehow cheated by this. And of course, it only took me a while to figure out that the reason is the younger guys had not been told. Nobody told them. Everybody told them men and women are the same. Any difference you see is societally induced, okay? And so they're angry when they've been cheated. They've been lied to. The same is true of women. It used to be that women told their daughters, watch out for men. They have a very, very powerful sex drive. They lose their heads. They do stupid stuff. They're sometimes cruel. Some of them are bad guys. You have to really pay attention to this. you know. And, and once you knew that, you understood that when you were dealing with a good man, when you were dealing with a man who didn't behave that way, you were dealing with somebody who had a lot of restraint, somebody who had been trained to respect other people, to understand that women were in fact other people, you know, and I think that it's very hard. It's very hard for young men when they are awash in testosterone to get that through their heads. It is very hard not to, for them not to think like target, you know, there's the tar target female, target female. That's, what, that's everything in their body is telling them to do that. So girls were warned and they were told and then they learned that men, most men, most men are pretty good. You know, most men are pretty decent, especially when they're sober. Most men are pretty decent and they, they learn to respect that as well. And they learn to respect a man's power and they learn to respect his restraint. If you lie about what people are, it makes 
people angry when they discover the truth. This is one of the biggest problems with the left is they want to lie. They want to tell us things aren't the way they are. Oh, Islam, it's the religion of peace. You know, they want to tell us that. And then you get twice as angry and you start generalizing twice as more and twice, twice as much. Instead of saying, oh, you know, some, uh, some forms of Islam are not so peaceful, you get furious at everybody. And this is the state we find us, ourselves in. They have lied to us. The feminists lied to us about what men are. They lied to us about what women are. And now everybody is ticked off at one another, and that's not the way it should be. The, the relationship between the sexes should be one of the chief joys of life. All right, uh, it is time for uh, our crappy culture. So Kanye West, God love the man, went on Saturday Night Live. He was a late replacement on Saturday Night Live to host it. And when it was uh, at the, toward the end of it, he put on a MAGA hat and he went on, and this part was cut out, I think. This did not make the final cut. He went on and gave a kind of speech. All they do is call it a rant. How you can tell when Kanye West is ranting as opposed to when he's speaking, I have no idea. But Kanye West went on, and it's, it's kind of hard to hear, but let's play a little bit of it anyway. Blacks weren't always the oppressed. You know, it's like the plan they did uh, to take the fathers out of the home and promote welfare. Does anybody know about that? That's a democratic plan. And so many times I talk to like a white person about this and they say, how could you like Trump? He's racist. Well, uh, if I was concerned about racism, I would have moved out of America a long time ago. We don't just make out of silver. And that is bothering me. So he's basically, he's kind of half rapping, half talking. He says, I want to cry right now. A black man in America is supposed to keep what you feel inside right now. He says, and he says, the blacks want always Democrats. He says, you know, it's like the plan they did to take the fathers out of the home and promote welfare. Does anybody know about that? That's a Democratic plan. That's not a rant. That is actually a kind of a truth that what he's talking about is back in the 60s and 70s when they were designing welfare, Daniel Patrick Moynihan said, you know, if you do this, you are basically promoting the dissolution of the family because you're going to pay people. They, they were repeatedly warned that you are paying essentially people to have children out of wedlock. And if the father's there, they lose their welfare. And it, in fact, worked out that way. The black family has been virtually destroyed. They are now more black children being raised in single-parent homes than there were when the Democrats, who were the slave owners back in the day, when the Democrats were actually breaking up families intentionally. So there was more, now more illegitimacy, more single parents in, in black communities than there were during slavery days when Democrats were actually selling families apart and making sure to break them up. So he's, he's actually right about this. So people booed and people applauded, uh, you know, three, two or three people applauded and people were shocked and all this stuff. And, he's, and, and he said, Kanye West said, they bullied me backstage. They said, don't go out there with that hat on. They bullied me backstage. They bullied me. And then they say, I'm in a sunken place. Here, here's the thing. Why is, this, why is it even news that Kanye West supports Donald Trump? Why is that even news? First of all, Trump has improved the lives of black people in this country economically. It's certainly true. Why is it even news that a rapper is supporting him. It's news because the left insists 
on monopolizing the culture. It is not that they that they think like, oh, you know, we're really good at culture, so we're going to. It is that they insist on monopolizing it. Every single comedian on TV is left wing. Every single one, every late night comedian. There's not one show. And if there were a show, if there were a show that had a comedian who was pro Trump, it, it would drive everybody crazy. When Fox News came along, Fox News has like one. A tenth, I think, of the uh, ratings of the networks, that the networks have like 10 times the ratings of Fox. Why is Fox stuck in people's heads? It's because they're the only people. They're the only people saying what they're saying. They're the only place you can go to hear Sean Hannity's point of view. They're the only place you can go to watch the Brett Baer news program, which is the most honest program on TV. It doesn't have a right-wing slant. And the, the the point here is that on the right, I don't want right-wing culture. I don't want every comedian to be a right-winger. I don't want comedians to be right-wingers or left-wingers. I think you can laugh at everybody in politics. You really can, because they're all, what they what we see in front of us, they're all pretty funny. But they want monopoly. They want only one side to speak. They want silence on the other side. And we have let them get away with it. And it really, really has been a mistake. The, the, because of that, it's because of that, that if they can sell this Brett Ka- uh, Kavanaugh narrative. It's because of that, that the conversation, we are always reacting to the conversation, never making the conversation. It's because they monopolize the culture and insist on monopolizing it, that we are always fighting a rearguard action against left-wing tyranny. And we have to keep it up until we take over the mainstream. All right, that's it. I got to say goodbye. I will be back again tomorrow. I'm speaking up in Santa Barbara at Westmont College. Uh, my old hunting, my old uh, stomping grounds of Santa Barbara, and I used to go to Westmont's church up there. Uh, if you're in the neighborhood, drop by and see me. If not, come back here tomorrow, and we will be back right here. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. The Andrew Claven Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Edited by Alex Zingaro. Audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. And our animations are by Cynthia Angulo and Jacob Jackson. The Andrew Claven Show is a Daily Wire forward publishing production. Copyright forward publishing 2018.